Pee on every snap and have fun. And last, and most importantly, be physical. We got to do something. We got to do something. Okay, welcome back, folks, at Hard Edge Football, podcast number 15. All excited to be with my partner, Raquel. Raquel Rod. People call her Raquel Rod. What's happening? <laughs> Not much. I'm coming to you from a Tucson, snowy Arizona. Get out of here. I'm not in there. So you got snow. It only rains tw- uh, 10 days a year, right? But it snows twice a year. That's kind of interesting. Once every couple years. And I'm sure by the time this is released, snow will be melted. But it's nice for a day. Yeah, everybody got all excited, I'm sure. So how's it going? Well, we're good. We're busy over here at ULM. Uh, we got uh, workouts that started. Uh, we're supposed to be on the road recruiting, but because of COVID, you know, there's a dead period, understandably, until mid-April. And so now it gives us a little more time, uh, instead of being on the road, to be with our players, have a little bit of time to meet with them, have some time for coaches to install their stuff. And we got a bunch of young coaches over here, good young coaches, but they're young. And so take us some time to teach them the system and getting settled and all that and it's good. Anytime you start a new program, I mean, the optimism is going to be pretty high. And we've got a lot of work to do, no, but we're going to turn Monroe into Funroe. And as I said, Raquel, there was a reality show called Bar Rescue, I think. Well, this is Ball Rescue. <laughs> we're changing Monroe to Funroe. Well, you also have a special guest joining our podcast this week. And then I'm going to ask you some more Monroe Funroe questions. Who's our guest? Well, you call him Uncle Krusty. I've known him for a long time as the big fella. He now has a new title over here at Louisiana Monroe Football. (laughs) He is not the chief of staff. He is the chief of stuff. The chief of stuff, the first ever collegiate football chief of stuff, Dusty Rutledge. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. And how are you, Raquel? I'm doing good. So, Dusty, your enthusiasm is underwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. He's tired. As the chief of stuff and a new new staff in a new pro, kind of a new program, you got a lot of lot of stuff stuff to to do. do. A lot of stuff to do. Quite a bit of stuff to do. So, how's it getting? How is it going? Getting it started at ULM. I mean, the, like you said, there's a lot of stuff to do, a lot of room for growth. How's it going? How's recruiting? The first thing you got to do is you got to learn your players, know their names. You know, when you got a hundred guys, uh, you know that that takes a little while, believe it or not, because you're meeting with the coach a little bit, and there's limited time you could spend with your players in football. But now we're getting to know. Uh, they seem eager which is good. They need to be eager, but, uh, you know, Dusty's really done a great job in transition because as I mentioned, coach Bowden kind of, the, kind of the, maybe the, the four old guys, the chief of stuff, Dusty, coach Bowden, myself and Ron West, AKA big daddy, who's been with us. He's got a lot of experience. So we're kind of like the old guys. And then we got a bunch of like younger coaches as well. Now, coach Hampton's a kind of in between, I guess he. Uh, but uh, it's been fun. They're eager to learn. And 
it's a neat little place. I've, you know, Raquel, you don't remember. We lived in Louisiana way back when in the southern part of the state of Tulane. And uh, so uh, we're in the northern part of the state right now, but they got good Cajun food. And uh, there's a, there's a they football. They love football in the state. And Dusty could tell you it's been, you know, it's kind of interesting when you first go there. It takes us back to some of our earlier stops where, like, you can't assume anything. We're right. starting from scratch, and let's go from there. Yeah, and I think that the neat thing is you get a chance to build a new culture again. Right. A chance to incorporate not X's and O's, but changing the, the beliefs and the ideals of the program and the people around the program is going to be critical here. So one aspect of coaching and being in the um, college athletics or athletics in general industry is day-to-day can change, meaning you guys go to Louisiana, it's pretty quick. So you don't always have a chance to figure out a living situation. So <laughs> in, in the past, sometimes you live in hotels for a couple months before your family gets out there, you get a house or you find a spot to rent. So dad, I know you and Rhett have been sharing a one bedroom apartment. It's a nice one bedroom apartment, but how is it sharing a bedroom or sharing an apartment with Rhett? Well, it's, it's, it's been good because we're so busy, but I will I will give Rhett some credit. Um, he waited a little bit before he uh, volunteered to be the guy that slept on the air mattress on the floor. <laughs> and, and I'm sleeping in the bed, which is fortunate. But then I figured out that the air mattress on the floor is probably more comfortable than the mattress. <laughs> it might on the be. Bed. And so, yeah, the, uh, it's, uh, it's a nice little complex, but. The uh, mattress is not quite firm enough, and Red's been good with it. It's a fancy air mattress, man. You blow this thing up, and it's 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 pretty neat. So we, yeah, he's enjoyed that. Hopefully, we'll get our own place. And then Dusty then moved into this little thing, right? I mean, you could literally hit a golf ball, maybe two golf balls, uh, to where a nice little kind of condo apartment units right by the stadium where a lot of our players live at, you know, some of the coaches are too. So Dusty's trying to get like five guys to live with him so he can pay like $40 rent. Exactly. I'm, I got two. I've recruited a tight end coach gets here tonight. So he'll be the third one in there. And then the wide receiver coach next week. So, but it's four bedroom on campus housing. And we're the first people to be in, to move in it. So it's, it's really a good deal. That's Financially, pretty- it's a good deal. Now, when my yeah. wife comes in, I don't think she's going to care too much for the dorm living. Yeah, she may not probably, want that. <laughs> he'll, probably, he'll probably try to kick Red out of his 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 condo for a day or two when the wife comes in town and <laughs> have Red come down to ours. But uh, no, it's been good. And you're right; it's so busy, Raquel. You know, usually it's the families that that deal with the move. You know, coaches kind of just go down there, and, and sometimes you know, female coaches understand that too. You just go down there and work. And then your family's left to do all the arrangements and all the moving stuff. So that's part of the deal. And then everybody understands that. Well, Uncle Krusty mentioned that the tight ends coach is coming in this evening. Now that is Mike D'Angelo. Tell us Mike about Mike D'Angelo. Mike D joining the house, coming to Fun Row, Louisiana. It's really neat. Uh, you know, Dusty's known him for a long time. Uh, I've worked with him at Ole Miss, at uh, Arizona, Um uh, he's an outstanding coach, knows our offense, knows uh, really every position in our offense. And so we're going to have him not just do the tight ends, but also work with the slot receivers as well. And and I'm excited. He should be here any day now. 
Any minute. He's going to be here Any at 10 minute. o'clock. Yeah, he's, he's you know, And as night. soon as he gets to town, you know, the first person we assign him to, the chief of stuff. <laughs> hey, John, Dusty, we got some more stuff for you to do with Mike D. And I got, I've got a place to live right with me. <laughs> Figure he could be, go, ha- go, you know, there's no utilities. You got no, no utilities. But well, So our rent's going to go from half to a third. third. Yeah. And then you got somebody to split the food cost for you. That's always good. Day. That's right. What are some of the challenges of recruiting during the pandemic? Is it hard to get in touch with recruits? What's it like? Yeah, I hadn't, you know, I'm not, not coaching last year. I haven't done this. And it's everything's by phone. Everything's through Zoom. Uh, your video, you're not seeing guys. And, and, you know, you're talking about go, this thing, this dead pair is going through April. And there are so, and the signing period's coming up, you know, next week. So all these kids have signed, uh, most of them without visiting campus, without in-person contact on or off campus. And so I predict, now that we've probably talked about this, Raquel, there'll be more guys that, I don't want to say decommit, but transfer out or get in the portal the next year or two because they didn't really have a good feel about where they're going. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to recruit like you really want to. You got to do it. You got to recruit over the phone. You got to do the video chats and all that kind of stuff. But it's a pain in the ass. You know, I like, you know, messaging's okay and calling on the phone's okay, I guess. But I like the in-person thing. I always liked when you visited their home or visited their school, talked to their coach, or particularly when they came on campus and they got a chance to spend time with, uh, with the players and with the coaches. So it's certainly different. I actually feel worse for the kid than us because mm-hmm. the kid's going to go pick a place where he's going to go spend four to five years. Right. He's never been there. Yeah. And he hasn't got to know the players either. Yeah. You know, his yeah. teammates, they, they don't, unless they played with him in high school or something, they don't know these guys. So it, it's a challenge, but you know, what do we say? There, there, there are so many people, as you know, Raquel, that are having challenges at this time. You know, they think of all the small business owners, the restaurants. I mean, man, we got to have this thing in. Uh, hopefully it will sooner rather than later. So some other big college football news is Pac-12 commissioner Larry Scott will be stepping down in June. What are your thoughts on that initially? And do you have any predictions on who they will have take his place? Well, Dusty, you agree with me? That's not a big surprise, right? No. Uh, the Pac-12 is struggling and not all of it is laid on the administration. Um, you know, I think that the Pac-12 network you know, I'm going to say this. The people that work there are some of the best in the business. I'm talking to people that worked in the TV, the announcers, the analysts, the people that I thought they had some of the best talent, mm-hmm. TV talent in the country working at the network. It just was a poor plan. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't going to make enough money um, to survive on their own. I don't think they captured the interest, which is harder to do, right, on the West Coast than down South. They didn't capture the interest of enough fans. And I think they concentrated on the wrong things. I think, you know, if they would have concentrated more on the right things that people may be interested in, think outside the box a little bit and not pay so much damn rent. Pac-12 is paying millions just because they want to be in San Francisco. San Francisco, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So you're telling me that rent is more expensive in San Francisco than it is Birmingham? Yeah, so it was going to be hard to, to to make the kind of money you want. I think the Pac-12 is going to be okay because they'll get a lot of money in a new TV contract. They get the right commissioner that follows the right plan as far as capturing the interest where it is and uh, going from there. So it'll be interesting to see. 
Do you think that the um, issues with maybe the uh, Pac-12 network is what really uh, kind of played a big role in him stepping down or no? I think part of it. I think you might have got tired. I think probably when you are, I mean, being a commissioner, like being a head coach, being a president or whatever, I mean, it it, I mean, it wears on you, puts years on you, and it's a hard thing to keep everybody happy. But, again, there's some talented people. There's some – really talented uh, athletic directors in that league. And there are some people that um, that I think will be very qualified to come in and can make an impact in a hurry, whether they're ADs or uh, business people or school presidents. Um, there's some, there's some people that can help do that. What was your relationship like with Larry Scott? I get probably the same as most other coaches. And when we had a casual relationship, it was good, but it wasn't, um, very close, close from that standpoint. And and probably commissioners maybe have a hard time doing that, but I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any problems league. I disagreed with some of the way they went about their business, whether it was with the PAC 12 network or was with certain things in, in football or scheduling or times or, or what have you. I think we could have done more to uh, I guess, make more revenue for the schools. And I think sometimes they need to listen to coaches more. You know, people say, well, you're just a football coach, coach football, right? Doesn't have any time. Just be a football guy. Well, we're kind of in the middle of it. We hear it from all ends. We hear it from the student athletes. We hear it from the fans. We hear it from, from business people in the community. They ask us, why are we doing this? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, that's a great idea. So once in a while, I think coaches, maybe we're not just dumb old ball coaches, Dusty. Maybe <laughs> we have ideas that could help the conference because we want the conference to make money. Conference makes money. We the schools make money. And the more and the more you listen to coaches, they're the people's pulse. You have the pulse of the the whole game. Right. Everything about it. The, mm-hmm. the not only the student athletes on campus, but the what's important to the kids being recruited. So young people and young people watch television. Nice. Old people like me, we go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> so guess what? You want to? How can you capture more eyes, more young eyes? which in turn captures more um, revenue as far as commercials and those types of things. Do you have any uh, predictions on who they will have replaced Larry Scott? Well, uh, one of our good friends, I think is more than qualified. I don't even know if he's interested. Greg Byrne is our AD at Arizona, very successful AD at Alabama. And Greg is a great people person. You know, Mm -hmm. he knows how to talk. He knows how to get people together. Uh, again, I don't know if he's interested, but I think he would be a great candidate. I think getting finding an athletic director as, uh, that understands the sports, understands coaches, understands putting people together is probably the best way to go. You could find a business person as well, but if they haven't been in the collegiate athletic world and dealt with coaches, dealt with schools, dealt with uh, student athletes, uh, I don't think it'll be as can be as effective. You know, so. Uh, I think Greg has a shot. I think they mentioned a couple of other ADs, but if Greg wants it, I hope he gets it. He'd be fantastic. Uncle Krusty, who's your prediction? Do you Greg, have- Byrne. Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne? Greg Byrne. Because, you know, like Coach said, he knows, he knows student-athletes. He knows fundraising. He knows uh, alumni bases. Mm-hmm. And those things are all critical. Because who's going to watch your network? Well, it's going to be your fans, your alumni bases. It's not going to be the guy who watches the Pac-12 network is going to be a Pac-12 fan. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's why you watch the Pac-12 network, and he knows those people. Yeah, and and it helps to to have some knowledge, local knowledge, of the Pac-12. You know right. what you're dealing with. What's different? There's, every league is different, and certainly the Pac-12 is different, and its consists constituents. That's a hard word to say. Yeah. Constituents are different than other leagues, and you it helps to have somebody that understands that league. We're going to shift gears to the NFL. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I saw an interesting tweet from Bruce Fieldman who said, when Tom Brady played and won his first Super Bowl in 2002, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were both in kindergarten. Crazy. How wild is that? That is Tom Brady. I mean, if anybody <laughs> ever questioned his uh, his dominance and his, uh, I guess, status amongst the all-time greats, they, they can't now. I mean, you talk about, you know, a perfect thing. Tom Brady goes, our good friend Bruce Arians, they know better than B.A. I'm <laughs> talking about he's a, he's a coach's coach. The players love him. He, he uh, knows how to get the best out of his players. And he – and damn, I'm, and I love Andy Reid too. Andy's a great guy and did a tremendous job with the Chiefs. But boy, I'm so happy for for BA and uh, Coach Aarons and his staff, what they're doing. Got Tampa in the Super Bowl already in just two years. Going to be a great game. I really think you can't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a freak. Kansas City got some speed. You know, Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy are creative and do some neat stuff. But man, it's going to be fun to watch BA in the Super Bowl and see what happens. I think the neatest thing about Tom Brady, and Rhett and I were talking about this earlier, he's been in the league 21 years, and he's played for the championship 14 times. Wow. No other quarterback has played for it more than seven, and that was Joe wow. Montana. So is he twice as good as Joe Montana? I don't know if he's twice as good, but think about it. He's going to play for the championship two out of every three years, and that's awfully impressive. And they talk about his age, but, you know, watch him throw – some of these throws he's making, I mean, they're top-shelf, top-level throws now. He's he's throwing guys open in tight windows with some velocity on it. I mean, it's been impressive to watch. And he throws things on time. He knows how to play. It was at the third play of the game on third down. He throws a uh, an up route, and it, it only traveled 25 yards but it was thrown on time and thrown in a perfect spot. Well, there you go. We'll save our predictions on who wins for next next week's episode. But I think it's, it's going to be a good one. That's for sure. Dusty, why don't you, we've talked about it a little bit. Why don't you explain what your exact responsibilities are? As ah, chief of okay, here stuff. we go. All right. <laughs> now, the nice thing about being the chief of stuff here is the head coach here doesn't quite yell as me as much as previous head coaches. Oh, come on right? now. No, seriously. It's <laughs> Dusty being sensitive on <laughs> us. Sometimes he's a bully, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe sometimes. But anyways, no, whatever Coach Bowden needs, with program needs, whatever Coach Rod needs. Um, today I went around with the uh, video gal. We have a great young video coordinator who came here from um, – Clemson, she was at Memphis, and she actually learned under a guy that we were close to, Matt Engelbert, and she is doing a phenomenal job. And I went around today just to look at the meeting rooms and what kind of video projection unit we need here. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of things help out a little bit in all areas, um, talking to the GAs and stuff about keeping keeping up with recruiting on as far as um, walk-ons because you can't have too many quality walk-ons 
Right. You know, our past and and Owen Schmidt was a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so and he takes care of the new guys. You know, like Mike D's coming in, he'll make sure he's where to go, where to stay, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, we had Ryan Garrett. You know, was yep. with us at Ole Miss. Just got here a couple of days ago. Great young coach. He's uh, got a great future. Dusty was with us, obviously with him. Took care of Ryan getting settled in. So there's a lot. There's a stack of things on my desk and his desk every morning and and the big fella's getting after it so far i'm sure you'll have a lot more unique requests as the year progresses but so far what's been your most unique request oh not even close okay and this must this might be an old guy thing because i drink it <laughs> coach bowden drinks it coach rod drinks it is diet sunkissed so <laughs> diet orange sunkissed so I go to three different places in town and can't get diet orange sunkissed. What the hell's going on in this world when you can't get diet sunkissed? <laughs> I mean, there's a shortage. I know it's a pandemic, but there's a shortage of. It. I, I yeah. looked it up. On okay, the expect yeah, you can expect a shortage of toilet paper, maybe some <laughs> hand sanitizers or something like that. But diet sunkissed. Diet sunkissed. What is it? Is it a COVID beater or something? Maybe there's some secret. Must be. Secret sauce. Secret, there's some secret sauce in that diet sun kiss. So I found 10 two-liter bottles. So I've got six of them in my car. Coach has got one over here. He's got one at his house. And Coach Bowden's got one in his office. And the other six are in the front seat of my car. Yeah, see, see this episode of Hard Edge Football Podcast is ever-reaching. It is it's covering all areas. It's not just football. It's life lessons. It's... <laughs> You know, everything that you need to have. So diet, the diet chief of stuff, sun-kissed. chief of stuff has got to get some diet sun kissed. It's hard to find. That's what he does. Well, I think you'd be surprised the things that there were shortages of during this pandemic. Like dad knows this in our Tucson house, we have had um, our refrigerator hasn't worked in years. So our main refrigerator does not work. So we have court. We finally make the call. We can't fix the refrigerator. So we're going to get a new one. We're going to get a new fridge and freezer. And it was supposed to be delivered in October. We are at the end of January and there has been a shortage of refrigerators. So they are, yeah. there well, are no you, refrigerators. Our damn refrigerator I always <laughs> wondered how the Rodriguez's stay slim. Now I figured it out. <laughs> you, can't, you, you don't have a refrigerator to put food in it. It's kind of silly. We're waiting on this refrigerator and freezer for the past three months and still no end in sight for that waiting of the refrigerator. Well, now I know you're definitely still eating SpaghettiOs out of a can. Oh, yeah. What's oh, yeah. wrong with that? We're, we're, we're going <laughs> off track here uh, with the with Hard Edge Football Podcast, but I just wonder how many of our listeners, I know Raquel's young. She's, I don't know if you're considered millennial or not. But, <laughs> I don't know either. But, Anybody that drinks kombucha or um, whatever the hell that is. Kombucha is oh good my, for you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like straight vinegar or something. I mean, it good makes you want to. gut health. It is. Got it. Raquel drinks it like it's water. It's like what, if I go if I was going to grocery, she'd say, hey, Dad, give me some kombucha. Kombucha. <laughs> and it's all, it's like, oh, my gosh. It was like nasty. No, here's why you know you're old. I'm now <laughs> like your dad. I'm drinking gold peak. Uh, tea diet. <laughs> the diet diet gold peak tea the best so if they're best. out there listening they should sponsor the, the hard edge, podcast. Hard edge football <laughs> podcast is brought to you by gold peak diet tea the best tea 
diet tea in the history of mankind. What is your coaching tip of the day? Okay, I, I, this is my coaching tip. And actually, um, Coach Bowden here at ULM brought this up. Uh, other coaches, Dabo Sweeney was one. And I had done this before, but not to this level. So, uh, but it's something that stuck with me and will stick with me if, uh, if I'm somewhere else. They have a saying that Clemson, that nobody cleans up after Clemson when they go to a game in a visitor locker room. Mm -hmm. We have a saying here at ULM, nobody cleans up after ULM. And what it means by that is you're the visiting team. And I don't know, many people out here listening have seen that visiting locker room that uh, as soon as the game is over, you take a shower, you you put your pads, and then you just you throw your, your tape may not necessarily be in the trash can. The towels may not necessarily be in the hamper, wherever it is. And you're like, hey, it's not a big deal. It's a visitor's locker room, whatever. Well, when, when Clemson and ULM leave a visitor's locker room, it looks as good or better than when they got in there. There's right. nothing on the floor. The towels are put away. The water in the shower is turned off. The soap is in the right spot. And it looks spotless. Because that's right. the way it is when you go into a visitor locker room. And if you're a high school coach or a junior high coach or a college coach, whatever, and you're in somebody else's visitor locker room, treat it like you would your own house. And that makes a great impression because somebody's got to clean up after you. And why does somebody have to clean up after you when you know you could do it yourself? And it doesn't take that long. It'll be much so, easier if you do it yourself as well. Sure it is. Get hundred. You got all your players and your staff in there. You know, don't throw your tape on the ground. Put it in the trash can. You know, don't leave the showers running. Flush your toilets for crying out loud. That's gross when you don't. You know what I mean? Pick the soap up that's all over the place. You know, make the place look nice and clean it up. And and that'll make a bigger, it'll teach your guys a lesson. That's, that's how you do it when you go to somebody else's house. That's how you'd want it if they went to your house. And it also shows some, some pride in your program that nobody's going to clean up after you. You're going to clean up after yourself. And uh, I'm glad. I, I mean, I, I wish I would have done that with every visitor locker I've ever been in. Uh, that'll be the case in the future. Uh, I think that's a great example for all you coaches out there with your, obviously your own locker room, but even your visitor's locker room, have your guys do that. That'll be a, a source of pride for your, for your team and your program. You know? And you're going to win a couple fans. Oh the yeah. Guy who normally has to go in there and clean that locker room up is now going to be a fan of uh, Monroe, the Monroe Warhawks because right. we cleaned up after ourselves. And we can be fun row and still be clean. That's right. <laughs> It's kind of like you you don't want to be the person that leaves your grocery cart out when you go to the grocery store. You got to bring it back to That's the right. spot where it goes. You, you know, your brother learned that. And your brother uh, is very good about that. We said, you know, why? I, it makes me, it ticks me off to walk, go in a grocery store parking lot and some lazy person didn't put, didn't walk 10 more feet to put their cart where the cart's supposed to be. And all of a sudden there's two and three of them laying out there. And I'm like, that's disgusting. But, you know, I remember Brett going out there one time and he was taking every cart that was left in a parking lot and putting it away. Oh, boy, so that might have been one of the proudest moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's true, man. Put your damn grocery cart away. And if they don't have a thing outside, then walk it up to the store and put it right there. Because those people, especially now, they got to wipe them down because of COVID and all that. Put your damn cart away. 
Right, Dusty? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So we've given a general coaching tip of the day. Now, what is your X's and O's coaching tip of the day for our very Okay. Yeah, here's here's a little bit thing that I kind of believe in from a X's and O's standpoint. From an offensive standpoint, you know, it's a team game, but everybody knows the most important position on the field is a quarterback. And if you have two or three quarterbacks, you know, that are really, very good, you're not worried about them getting hurt. But if you only have one, you're really nervous, right? Well, what you see, what you can do to help yourself, because if you want to, whether you want to throw the ball 50 times or 30 times, is not always have the quarterback in the same launch point, seven yards behind the center. You know, sometimes have it catch and throw, he's five yards. Sometimes you have it seven yards. Sometimes you sprint them out to the right. Sometimes you sprint them out to the left. Sometimes you run a naked play where you fake a run and he goes out there. Sometimes you run a bootleg where he fakes and has a guard peel out there. Sometimes you drop back and then do what I call a dash. You drop back three steps and then you dash immediately to the right or to the left. And so you're throwing from all different launch points. You watch Pat Mahomes, he does it naturally. He'll scramble and throw for different launch points. So as a quarterback coach or a coordinator, you want to teach your quarterbacks to be able to throw it running to the right, running to the left, throwing off balance, making awkward throws. And all those times, if you have 40 passes, you might have it from eight different launch points. It's hard for the defense to send a blitz at that particular point because they don't know where you're going to be at. So as a coach, be creative in your throw game. Uh, have some sprint outs and bootlegs. Have the different drops where you're catching and throwing or three and throwing or even dashing out of the pocket to give your quarterback a chance to get out in the open field and not let them know always where you're going to be at when you throw it. I like to refer to that as take the bullseye off his back. Or his chest. Exactly. He's going to get hit right in the face if he's in the same place every time. So is that kind of like being a little bit more unpredictable? Unpredictable and and, uh, and not letting them be comfortable mm. in their blitz packages. That's right. Okay, blitz packages. Dad and Uncle Krusty, what is our funny football story of your two's past that we're going to talk about this week? Well, first of all, let me say that I don't think this story is really that funny. Okay? <laughs> so we'll let our listeners be the judge of that. And this is this is really interesting. You know, probably the last, maybe one of the only few uh, college player coaches in the country was the big fella here. Back at the uh, when he was at the uh, Fairmont State Fighting Falcons, back in the uh, 1988. 1988, uh, when I was at Salem College, and Dusty was at Fairmont State, the Fighting Falcons, Fairmont State College in West Virginia. You know, Dusty was not just a student assistant coach; they called him off the field, onto the field to be their long snapper. We're getting now. The rest is. Up to history for Dusty. Okay, we're getting ready to play Shepard for the conference title. The winner is going to win the conference. Now, we had to play Salem in a couple weeks, but this game's for the conference (laughs) championship, okay? And our long snapper got hurt. So we're like, oh, Wally Hood was head football coach, great guy. God bless his soul, he just passed away last spring. Well, Wally goes, "Um, we got to get a long snapper. And one of the guys on the staff, Pete Germano, who's now at Ohio University, says, hey, D- Dusty was our long snapper. So they said, hey, can you do it? I said, it's like riding a bicycle. If you can long snap, it's like shooting free throws. If you long snap, you can shoot free throws until when you're 80 years old. Okay. So, 
we go down the gym and they don't believe I can do it. And I snap some like, Oh shoot. Whew, this is the big fella can snap. Exactly. Same as it's always been. Right. <laughs> so that week in practice, you know, it's like Wednesday now. And I would go out there and run the scout team and I'd have the scout team cards. And then they'd say, punt team. And I'd go jog off to the side, put my shoulder pads on. I had quarterback shoulder pads. I put them on, take a couple snaps, go to the next segment or whatever. Well, we go to the game. And the screw the never was never was nervous in the previous 10 years of football being a long snapper ever. Well, we put a fake in. So oh. the first time we go out to punt <laughs> and the kid calls it, and I'm thinking, I'm looking, no, we shouldn't be running it. Yeah, you're a coach. Yeah, we, that's the coach part coming out. The yeah. coach part says, no, we shouldn't do this, but I don't make the call that the personal protector does. But I snap it to him. We get the first down. We win the championship. Beat she- uh, Shepard. Went on. Went to the NIA playoffs. Well, the following week, Monday, I got sick. Okay, that's that's my story. Well, here's what happened. Let me interrupt. What <laughs> happened is okay. Dusty now is a successful player coach. He long snap. You know they win the game. Blah blah. On Monday, it's a lighter practice, but players have to do conditioning. You got to run. You got to get in shape. So that's where the big fella drew the line. He's like, okay, I agree to be your long snapper player coach, but when it comes to running, I don't want no part of it. And so then, thusly, the coaching, the player, last player coach in NCAA history, career ended. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget Pete Germano. And they, they made it. We used to have to run one lap around campus at Fairmont State. So he'd run down the hill. He had to go around the uh, Turley Center and stuff and back up the hill. And the guy said, we're going to run two of them today. I said, bullshit. I got a strip throat. I ain't running one. I was going to try to suck it up and make one. When they said two, I'm out of here. Back. Said, I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. Give me the clipboard. Somebody else is snapping. That's right. That was, that was the beginning and the end. It lasted four days. Dusty Relics, long stabber, student coach, one game, Fairmont State Fighting Falcons. Champions. <laughs> I actually don't know. How did you two meet? Oh, I remember. We were getting ready. Salem had just dropped football. Yeah, that's right. And you were going to go be a, a defensive line coach at Fairmont State, and I was going to be his assistant. So I went through all those summer meetings together, blah, blah, blah. And he called me Little Bo because I wore a Michigan hat. <laughs> well, just before the season started, Don Nealon offers him the restrict, old restricted earnings when he went to his driver's Yeah, end. well, it was restricted, all right? It was no earnings. It was a <laughs> it was a volunteer coach. I could go that back then. You could have volunteer coaches. You didn't pay them. They could just coach. And then I got a job teaching driver's education at North Marion High School, my alma mater. And so that's what I did. I taught driver's ed in the morning and then drove the 45 minutes to Morgantown and, and was just a, was a volunteer coach. So, and then yeah. the following year, you got the head coaching job at Glenville. And yeah. a buddy of mine who I coached with at Fairmont, we were bottom of the barrel guys together, Dean Hood. Hoodie went to go be his defensive coordinator and asked me if I wanted to go. And I did not want to go live in Glenville, West Virginia. And three years later, I said, holy cow, if you can't beat them, join them. So I went back and joined the club. And Glenville's the best. He could, you the know, most fun we ever had in all the places was Glenville State College. 
Clevel State College, my buddy Ike Morris, the, one of the greatest West Virginians in the history of West Virginia. And everybody else down Glenville, we love that place. The best. <laughs> Thanks, folks, for listening to the Hard Edge Football Podcast with uh, my partner Raquel and the big fella, Big Dusty. I really enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to your questions, anything you want to know about what's going on with us and anything going on with college football, pro football, Hard Edge Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review or rating at Hard Edge Football on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hard Edge FB and on Instagram at, at Hard Edge Football. <laughs> <laughs>